This episode of The Minimalists is brought to you by nobody, because advertisements suck. The Minimalists. <laughs> Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing that's just feeding your greed Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Minimalist Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name is Joshua Fields-Milburn. And I'm Ryan Nicodemus, and together we are The Minimalists. Today, we're going to talk about hidden clutter. What do you have on you, Ryan? Mmm... A face mask. Oh, yeah. That's not clutter. Uh, <laughs> well, let me, let me ask you this, if you're listening to this. Have you minimized some of your stuff, maybe recently, maybe over the last year or a couple of years, or maybe you just saw lesses now and you're like, I've got to do that challenge right now. Maybe you've minimized some stuff, but now you realize that you have all kinds of hidden clutter in your life. Mm. Could be physical clutter, or maybe it's emotional clutter psychological clutter, media clutter, mm. relational clutter, career clutter, mental clutter, digital clutter. What about looking inside us, that internal clutter? Mm. You know, minimalism starts with the stuff, but then it goes way beyond that. Mm. When you and I talk about minimalism, Ryan, we're talking about living an intentional life, a meaningful life with less. It's not a life with nothing. But when we start clearing the external clutter, we realize that our material possessions are a physical manifestation of what's going on inside us. And so then we start dealing with all of that additional clutter. Now, Ryan, you and I recently been talking about how the solution is the problem mm. and, and, and prescriptions don't work. Now, what we mean by that is there are a lot of nuances and so Ryan and I don't like to prescribe one-size-fits-all things. But when it comes to clutter, this is one of those areas where the how-tos can be really helpful. Yeah. Right? Because it's a, it's a basic mechanical thing. I think we all know fundamentally how to declutter. Mm -hmm. But if you want to do it a little more efficiently, then following in the footsteps of someone who has decluttered in the past and sort of taking some of their rules to heart, mm -hmm. applying it to your own life, that can really help. Yeah. We've got this essay on our website called How to Let Go of Possessions. If you're on our email list, you've probably seen it. But I thought this would be a great way to start this podcast episode, Ryan, because it's really short and it really describes Ryan's and my process. It's not saying this is what you should do. It's simply saying here's one way to let go. Mm. Our possessions possess us. This is how we let go. If a thing stops adding value, sell it. If it doesn't sell in a week, lower the price. If it doesn't sell in 30 days, donate it. If a donation place doesn't accept it, recycle it. If it can't be recycled, trash it as a last resort. Once we let go, we're able to move on. Hmm. Makes now, me think of how we get questions about Oh, I can't get rid of my stuff because I have to throw it away and it's going into a landfill and I don't want to hurt the environment. Uh-huh. And uh yeah, I just think about well, if it's in a landfill, it's going to decompose even though if even if it's like a plastic or whatever, something that decomposes, 
uh, it takes 500 years to decompose. It's going to decompose faster in the landfill than it is in your house. Right, right. And yeah. taking up all that extra space. So and as, and as soon as you bought, yeah, and as soon as you bought that product, mm-hmm. you've already hurt the environment. Yeah, yeah. And so what we're talking about when we're talking about letting go we're talking about letting go intentionally not letting go of everything but questioning these items and then we have a whole process there of letting go trying to sell it if it doesn't sell in a week lower the price if you can't sell in 30 days then you donate it Mm -hmm. right now i did this especially when i was uh, trying to get out of debt ryan Mm -hmm. uh when i first started decluttering that eight month process of letting go Craigslist and eBay became my best friend mm. because I was so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> it was temporary, Ryan. It was a little fling. <laughs> it won't happen again. I know you thought about me the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could sell these on Nicodemus, but uh, anyway, I was trying anyway. to get out of debt, and so I would sell anything that was over twenty dollars, and yeah. so you can figure out what that threshold, what's appropriate mm. for you, especially if you have debt, but. The key was still getting rid of it. Well, I'm still, I put this up here. It's $35, but no one's bought it in seven months. Well, no, 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 no. Mm. This putting a, a deadline on there for me forced me to move in that direction. Yeah. Now, Ryan, when we're talking about clutter, yeah. let's talk about clutter because we're talking about hidden clutter today. Another essay on our website called What is Clutter? Mm. Our clutter isn't relegated only to material things. We clutter our lives with destructive relationships, careers, obligations, rituals, busyness, minutia, news, media, politics, gossip, drama, rumors. We clutter our attention with glowing screens. We clutter our creativity with distractions. We clutter our free time with trivialities. We clutter our desires with attachments. Our lives are brimming with existential clutter, emotional clutter, mental clutter, spiritual clutter, so much so that it's hard to distinguish what is clutter and what is not. Mm. We are stressed out, overwhelmed, and anxious because we filled our lives with disorder, chaos. There is another way, though. Look at an object, a commitment, a habit. Does it bring tranquility or increase your well-being? If not, let it go. Not an easy path, but a simple one. Mm. So I think that question will really be the foundation for this episode and the subsequent Maximal episode. Does it bring tranquility or increase your well-being? Mm. And if so, why would you? You definitely don't want to get rid of it, right? Yeah. There are a lot of things you own, Ryan, that add immense value to your life. Yeah, a lot of important things. And minimalists don't get rid of important things. Right. And, and because you you would be depriving yourself. Yeah. And of course, you would just replace it then a week or a month or whatever later yeah. because you're like, I, I don't want to deprive myself of this. I remember when we first came up with the minimalists.com and our boss called me in his office. We were like having our weekly one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And he was like... Oh, I saw your minimalist stuff. He's like, you're not a minimalist. You snowboard and all that crap that comes with your snowboarding. And you can't call yourself a minimalist. And I was like, I can't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, maybe he's right. But no, uh, it's it's interesting how the word minimalism and you know we've talked about this how it conjures up some really extreme lifestyle uh, lifestyle. I don't know, thoughts like, you know, monks or Buddhists or whatever, but 
but yeah, I mean, really, it's it's a tool that helps us to keep that which is most important. Mm-hmm. It, and, and by the way, that snowboard thing, if he were to say that to me, he would actually be right. Because yeah. if I was holding on to your snowboard and snowboard equipment, but I, I tried it once, didn't really like it, but you know, I'll hold on to it just in case. Right. Then, of course, I wouldn't. that wouldn't be a minimalist decision mm. because it'd be clinging yeah. to something that is actually getting in the way, not bringing tranquility, not serving my well-being. Mm -hmm. I have a few examples here, Ryan. Uh, Since we've had a lot of folks doing the Less Is Now challenge this month, by the way, a new month is right around the corner. We also call it the 30-Day Minimalism Game. Same thing. Uh, You can find details at theminimalists.com slash game. It's free to play. You can even download a free calendar over there and join tens of thousands of people who are sharing it with the hashtag less is now or hashtag men's game. That's the mm. old one, M-I-N-S-G-A-M-E. Ryan, here is something that blew my mind. So this is from minimalist.org. Mm. Minimalist.org is a uh, uh, hundred meetup groups that we have in a hundred different cities. A lot of them are meeting online now for obvious reasons. But also, yeah. if we're not in one of those hundred cities, we have the online city. Yeah. For anyone around the world, even Antarctica, <laughs> everywhere except Saskatchewan. It's just not available there. Sorry, Saskatchewan. Oh, my goodness. We're still trying to get there, though. Oh, man. One day they'll get internet. <laughs> you know, someone's like, Saskatchewan has internet. I love. I mean, that's the thing. I love Saskatoon. We've, we've done tour stop there. Yeah. Uh, Regina as well. Anyway, minimalist.org, 100 different local meetup groups in eight different countries. Also, mm. there's an online city there. And Liz, let's put a link to this post in the show notes, Sean. I sent you a copy of it. But Liz, I, I think this is a world record, Ryan. Mm. This has to be, we need, call up Guinness podcast, Sean, the beer company, not the, the world record books, and celebrate <laughs> with uh, 46 months of letting go. Listen to this, Ryan. Hmm. Liz, she's been posting this here. I've, I've been following along here. Month 46, days 15, 16, and 17. Wow. Think about that. She has been doing the minimalism game for 46 months yes so she's starting over each month yes although i have seen some people who continue going on day 32 33 for those of you who don't know how it works ryan i'll give you a, a brief overview of the of the min- minimalist game yeah yeah so uh you find someone who wants to declutter and you challenge them to the men's game uh, and basically what you do is you agree to start on the first day of of the next month um in fact mariah and i i think we're going to do this in february mm. because uh it's a shorter month. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not why. We just we were going to start January first, and uh, we, we just we didn't get to it. So I think we're going to start in February. But you start on the first day of the month. You agree to get rid of one item, and then on the second day of the month, you get rid of two items. Then on the third day of the month, three items, and then on the fourth day, how many items, Josh? Wow, let me do my math. <laughs> get the abacus. It's four items. So you all get the. You Here's what I learned point. though, Ryan. Recently, what's that? Because Bex and I have been playing the game this month. Yes. And, uh, in fact, you can go to her Instagram account. It's just at Minimal Wellness. You can see pictures of everything that we as a family have gotten let go of. We didn't, we didn't uh, compete against each other. What we decided to do is, like, we, don't have a, we can't each get rid of 500 items this month. So, basically, we just got rid of 500 of Ella's toys, and it's been fine ever right. since. Right. Yeah, don't do no, that. <laughs> actually, you, you can see you can, we did get rid of some of Ella's toys sure. and, and, and had discussions with her about that. Yeah. And, but... Um, we all got rid of some stuff this month. Mm. And I realized that it actually gets hard right around day seven if hmm. you're already a minimalist. Oh, I could see that. Uh, now, and it's just because day seven, it, 
and it's like, well, wait a minute, seven things, and tomorrow is eight things, yeah. and you will you'll be really surprised, and you'll crack up at what we got rid of on day thirty-one, uh, which is coming up soon. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spoil it for you now, but you can find it on her Instagram account mm-hmm. at Minimal Wellness. Mm-hmm. And anyway, Ryan, back to Liz. Forty-six months of the minimalism game. It's insane. Or less is now challenge, as we're calling it, because mm-hmm. of the film. And we've had so many new people hopping on board with that. In fact, we've had folks who have been scanning things, and we've got questions about that today. So I thought maybe we could dive into some of these questions here, Ryan. Let's talk about this. So if you do it every month, uh, I'm sorry, if you finish and you go through the entire month, you get rid of almost 500 things. So I'm just trying to do the math here Mm -hmm. with Liz. She has done, she's gotten rid of 23,000 items. Yeah, 23,000. Well, she says so far... She has 15,200 items. Because it's not quite 500. Right. Well, it depends on the month. So it's yeah. uh, it's 496 items if you have 31 days in the month, and you can yeah. just do the math from yeah. from yeah. there. Uh, and so, yeah, in, in February, it's it's I think it's like maybe even less than four. It's right around 400 yeah. in February. So, so you're right. It is the easier month. So what's, what's fun about this, or what you can make fun about this, is you can kind of bet something silly with your partner that you're, you know, or your friend or family member or foe, whoever you're playing this game with, uh, Mariah and Randy. You know Randy. Randy K. Former podcast guest, Randy yes. K. Yes. What is her... Uh, does she still do the... Simple self-care is the name of her podcast. Yeah, so she's got uh, she's got some self-care tips there. You can go check her out. But her and Randy did this. Uh, they... I think it was the, the, the loser had to like lip sync a song and like do a dance or something. Okay. I don't know what it was. But I was like, I was like oh, it's a good idea. Or I was thinking you could do... Uh, Someone has to like wear a really funny hat for like a week, or I don't know, man. <laughs> Be careful. There's a particular hat that someone might make you wear. <laughs> <laughs> I said a funny hat. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Uh, what do we got here? We got some questions here. First from Lauren in Huntsville, Alabama. You've mentioned that you can take pictures of things to stimulate memories. That way you can let go of the physical object. But how often do you actually reference those old pictures? And what are some methods for dealing with digital clutter? So, Ryan, if we're talking about digital clutter, that is a type of hidden clutter that we have to be really careful. Now, here's the thing, because there's this weird, blurred line as well. If you have the Internet at your house, then you have access to infinite digital clutter. Yeah. And, And it's not just infinite. It's growing at an exponential rate. Yeah. And so you have access to all that clutter that's on the internet. Mm-hmm. So let's per- let's pretend for a moment that we're not talking about the internet clutter that's out there because you can't clean up everyone else's clutter. Right. Maybe that you could tweet that podcast, Sean. <laughs> so Ryan, if I'm hearing Lauren correctly, if I were to rephrase her question, sum it up, I would say, how do we curate photos so we're not trading physical clutter for digital clutter. Mm. First thing I will say is I don't think that digital clutter is as big of a problem as physical clutter. I think it can still be a problem. Sure. But overall, if you have a giant warehouse full of stuff or a hard drive full of digital stuff, yeah. which is going to be more burdensome for you? Right. Now, you might say, well, because of you know OCD that I have or whatever, the digital stuff. Okay, then fine. Then it's a bigger problem for you, not for me to judge, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when I look at at the physical clutter, I do see it as a bigger problem. It weighs us down literally 
and figuratively, the, the sort of it creates psychological clutter yeah. in our minds. Yeah. So, photo scanning rule is obviously something that stands out to me right away. Mm-hmm. It's in the minimalist rule book, the mm. minimalist rule. Or, I'm sorry, theminimalists.com/slash/rulebook, mm. and we have 16 rules for living with less. There, it's a free ebook you can download. It's also available as an audio book, mm. and the photo uh, scanning party is it, it's a it came off of your idea of the packing party but mm-hmm. you invite someone over and you scan some photos together in fact i just have i have this uh tweet from the 7t6 is the twitter handle sean put a link to this in the show notes you can see someone here it says 10 years of paperwork down to this mm-hmm. but in putting i've been putting this off for years yeah and so truthfully what what did what did this person probably do they probably throughout shredded most of their paperwork. Well, it's interesting because when you have a scanning party, whether it's with documents or whether it's with pictures, you get really clear on what's actually important and what you want to keep uh-huh. because it takes some work to like scan all that stuff. So yeah, you're right. They're probably going through it and they're like old bank statements <laughs> and they're like, well, I could either scan this or I could just shred it. Uh-huh. And so it forces you to make a decision. It forces you to get clear on what you actually want to hold on to. Right. And so you have three options there, right? Hold on to it physically, scan it. Now you could do a combination of those two. Sometimes it makes sense if you need a physical backup for some, yeah, a, let's say a birth certificate, for example, mm-hmm. that's helpful. It's also help, helpful to have a scanned copy of that in case there's a fire, you lose it. Yeah. And so uh, that's a, a a redundancy that makes a lot of sense to me. However, most of the things fall into that junk category, that third category where like mm. old bank statements from 1997. I should never have old bank statements now. It doesn't yeah. make sense to me uh, yeah. to hold on to those bank statements. And so I can just let those go. I can shred them and, and be done with it. Now, I know a lot of people, if you want to do, uh, there are th- sort of three things that you can do to scan old photos, old documents, and even books. Mm. So we, we can talk about that. The first thing is the, the photo scanning party, uh, theminimalists.com slash rulebook if you want to read about that. You can even see the scanner that Ryan and I use. I like that as an option because it does make it communal. And so I can invite you over. Mm-hmm. We can go through old pictures. You can look at my old bank statements. <laughs> Man, look how broke you used to be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Josh, how did you make it this long? Oh, my goodness. The second option is you can uh, scan your, you can send your photos off somewhere. So there are a bunch of places. In fact, I found this article with like the top 10 places. Sean, if you can put a link to that in the show notes. Uh, the one I have gotten feedback on, I've never used it myself, is scanmyphotos.com. Oh, cool. I haven't heard of that one. I, I reviewed their website and the, uh, Forbes also did a write-up about them as well. Mm. And apparently they have really good customer service. They, they, they're California-based, but you can just send your photos to them. You can also send uh, some documents and things that, to them, mm. and then they will scan all of them and they'll send it back to you. They'll even do like photo albums if you want to do that. Mm. Because here's the nice thing about scanning photos. You can put them in a digital picture frame mm-hmm. and people all of a sudden feel compelled to look at a glowing screen. Right. I'm, I'm not sure why that is, but if I, I come over to your house, right, and on your mantle you have a picture of you surfing in Hawaii, I might look at it, but if it's on a digital picture frame, mm. I don't know why, but I'm like captivated. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, glowing screens are pretty captivating, but also it's the pictures are changing too, right? So there's like a nice little slideshow going. Cause yeah, if you were to come over to my house and bring a photo album and be like, Hey, sit down and look at this. I'll be like, why are you making me look at your photos? (laughs) (laughs) One other uh, service, Ryan, Uh, if you want to scan documents or books, 
There's a place called One Dollar Scan. We've talked about them on the podcast in the past. Uh, the number one or the numeral one dollarscan.com. We'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. They, You can send them your books. So like say I have this book, The Way to Love by Anthony DeMello. Mm. I could send this to them. They'll cut it open. They'll scan the whole book page by page by page. They do a really high quality job apparently according to the reviews that I've read. Again, I haven't used this myself and this is not an ad. We don't do advertisements. Advertisements suck mm. and we wouldn't do an advertisement for them anyway. So it's just uh, I've heard, heard people ask about this. So I could send this book in, Ryan, or all my books in, and they scan them. For $1 a page. I don't know. I don't think that's it. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, but uh, <laughs> they, they do scan the book, and then they dispose of the books and the documents for you. And so you don't have to deal Ooh, with that clutter. Nice. Right? They get rid of the clutter for you. Right. And that's they can awesome. e- even provide you with like a physical disc as well as an upload. And, mm. and so they have a bunch of different options for folks. So if you want to have books, you're like, ah, I've been wanting to get rid of this textbook, but you know, I, I, I guess I shouldn't. I need it just in case. You can scan it and you can let it go. In fact, they'll let it go for you. How, yeah. That's the easiest way to let go is have someone steal your stuff and let go of it for you. That's right. Uh, I like Lauren's question about how often... Do you actually look at those photos? How often do you go back and look at photos? Great question. Uh, and, and here's why. <laughs> That's a great question. No, it, it really is because uh, <laughs> there, there are two answers to this. Mm. Uh, if I think the cynical side of that question is, yeah, but how do you, and I don't think this is, this is the way where no. Lauren's asking it, but Mm-mm. the cynical side is, yeah, you're going to scan all those photos, but how often do you go back and listen mm-hmm. or, or, and, and watch them? Yeah. Right? Or with the music, it could be listen or, or old DVDs. How often do you go back and watch those? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's a fair fair question it's not about going back and looking at all of them and this that's why this is a good question because it's it's about having access to any of them that i want mm. perfect example for you we were making less is now mm. uh the, the film on netflix and when we were going through that there were a bunch of pictures i hadn't looked at in many many years mm. but i just typed in JFM childhood. Mm-hmm. And so how, how do I organize my my photos? It's simple. It's the name of the person in, in the picture, the approximate year in which it was, and the setting. So if it's at, at Newcomb Park in Dayton, Ohio, that's all we'll say. I'll say uh, JFM, Ryan, Newcomb Park, Dayton, Ohio, 2011. Mm. A- and that's it. And it makes it imminently searchable so that I don't have to worry about going back and looking at them, but I have access to them if and when I need them. But it's a fair question because tr- the truth is there are a lot of them I won't ever go back and look at, and that's okay too. Yeah. It's it's uh, interesting on my iPhone, again, not an advertisement. <laughs> they have this program, which is a little scary, but it's kind of awesome. Mm-hmm. They basically do facial recognition. Mm-hmm. And they will create albums for you based on who you're with in pictures. Yeah, I have that turned off, but Bex has been using that. It's she likes it. Awesome, man. Like, it made me realize, like, I, I sat there and played the slideshow of um, Mariah and I, uh-huh. and it, it was great, man. It was so, I mean, like, so many things that I, you know, trips we went on, uh, things that I forgot about. And, yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't look at those often, but I what I used to do is I would, uh, just go to my photos and because I'll delete duplicates, you know, like there's a picture of me with, you know, my thumb in the, in the, in the uh, lens or whatever. So uh-huh. like oh, I, get, I get rid of stuff like that. <laughs> um, but what's nice is when I'm going through curating those photos, I can go back and kind of look at these moments and it, it, they're great. Like there's a lot of memories getting triggered and um, helps me remember all these trips we've been on. And 
um, yeah, it's it's amazing because yeah, the memories are not uh, in the things; they are in us. But these pictures like trigger memories that I had, you know, would not have thought about otherwise. Yeah, and I remember when I was getting rid of my mom's stuff. I took pictures of a lot of her items, right? Mm. So that I could trigger those memories that have been inside me all along. The mm. memories are not in those things, as Ryan just said, but those things can be triggers. But the photos, there's an occasional exception, I'm sure, about the tactileness or whatever, but sure. not really. Like, yeah. if we're honest with ourselves, we look at ourselves in the mirror and say, eh, do I really need the tactile experience of her 800-pound armoire? Mm. No, I can take a picture of it. Now I have access to that trigger for the memories that are inside me. I, um, whenever I'm on an airplane, so this has happened a lot less frequently recently because <laughs> of uh, current events. Mm. And, uh, but that's the time that I go through my photos and delete duplicates. And it's also the time where I go through and look at, because it's such a well curated uh, um, list of photos, uh, collection, uh, a well curated collection of photos on the phone. I am able to go through them and say, oh, look at that cute picture of Ella. Oh, my God. It was a year ago, but she seemed so much small, you know, whatever. Mm. And and as I'm going through that, now I, I need a new trigger now, right? Because I don't get on airplanes anymore. Mm. So it needs to be, uh, I, don't know, I don't know what it needs to be yet. Maybe let me know. Comment on YouTube. Let me know what a good trigger is to go through my photo album. Is mm. it the first of the month? Is it whenever I change my air filter to my air conditioner? Uh, what is the trigger? Let us know on YouTube, uh, YouTube comments, youtube.com slash the minimalists. Lauren, let's uh, get you a copy of that minimalist rule book, the minimalists.com slash rule book. If you want the audiobook version, we'll send you that one or the ebook version is free over there on the website. Zach in New York City has a question for us. I've been listening to your podcast and it's really been interesting. And I've heard you talk about a lot of things, but a lot of things are for people who are older and moved out and out of college or getting a job. But I'm only 17, and I'm really interested in learning more about this. So do you have any advice for anyone as young as 16 or 17 and wants to uh, declutter and make their lives more simpler? Oh, man. Could you imagine having this mentality at 16 or 17 years old? Like the things I could have avoided, like uh, getting into debt, uh, like chasing the wrong things. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it's interesting that I, if I could give, like, let's say you could give your 16-year-old self one piece of advice. Um, for me, I think it would be getting clear on what my values are. Mm. And, you know... Uh, those change over time. Certainly my values are different today than what they were at, at 16 or 17 years old. Especially the surface values and the structural values. Absolutely. But if I could have gotten clear on what those values were and went, went out of my way to deliberately take actions that are in alignment with those values, I think I would have been so much better off. And I think he's doing the right thing by, you know, listening to, of course, he's doing the right thing by listening to our podcast, but, <laughs> but no, just going out and, you know, we didn't have podcasts available when we were, you know, that age, No. but how cool is it that he can go and listen to us? He can go and listen to someone like uh, Dave Ramsey or, you know, whoever that uh, he can kind of look up to and get their recipe for living. I wish I would have had that at 17, man. So what, what advice would you give your 16 or 17 year old self if you could give yourself only one piece of advice yeah i i wouldn't give him any, any advice but I, I i would i would observe something 
in front of him that would help him get a deeper understanding. So, so whether it's Zach or it is my younger self, uh, the observation about the values, Ryan, I, I think is, is spot on because what we're really talking about here isn't the clutter. It's understanding what leads to the clutter, mm. right? Mm -hmm. And and so, of course, there are some sort of pithy things that I could say, like um, the uh, something about clutter um, is avoided by you know leave, by leaving it at the store, or mm -hmm. or the best way to declutter is to leave the junk at the store. That's the the yeah. pithy answer for yeah. you. But I think we can understand that intellectually, right? Mm -hmm. But when we understand that in the heart viscerally mm -hmm. understand it the way the only way to do that is to understand what is behind the clutter mm. and it's about it, it's it's almost always about some form of inadequacy we yeah. talk about filling the void right well there is no void mm. you've been sold the void mm. by advertisers yeah by marketers by, by your peers really Absolutely yeah. by your peers, right? And, and by your society and your culture as a result of that. Yeah. And so you've been told that you're incomplete. You've been convinced that you're incomplete. Mm. And whenever we show up empty, we're never going to be filled up by stuff, by people, by achievements, by so-called success. We're going to be talking about success on next week's podcast. Mm and how we're all successfuls mm -hmm. in a way, F-O-O-L-S. And so having an understanding of what I was chasing would have probably helped me drop the chasing mm. altogether yeah. if I truly understood it and got out of the tethers, the clutches, the talons of my peer group. Yeah, absolutely. Zach, I'd love to send you a copy of our book, Everything That Remains. It's a, a story of the start of the minimalist journey. As we started letting go, we were certainly much younger than we are now. We were back in our 20s, and um, it, it really goes through the first 30 years of our life, 32 years, really, mm -hmm. of our lives from being growing up poor, but then being these suit-and-tie corporate guys. And then eventually becoming minimalist and then the minimalist and a lot of the that path and lessons we learned along that path. If you like our podcast, you'll like the audiobook version of Everything That Remains. It's still my favorite thing that we've ever written. Yeah. Everything That Remains is also available as a, a print book or uh, an ebook. We're happy to send those to you as well. It's a good so. one. I feel like we need to mention to him the values worksheet as well. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. it's, it, yeah, because you're saying understanding your values. Yeah. So yeah, uh, you can go to the the minimalists.com forward slash V yeah. as in values, and you can find a worksheet there, Zach, to help guide you in uh, getting clear on what those values are for you. And that essay that's at that, that URL also will help you understand the different types of values. We believe there are four types of values, and then we categorize them mm -hmm. accordingly. Ryan, what time is it? You know what time it is. It is time for our lightning round, where we answer your text messages. You can text your questions and comments to 937-202-4654. Yes, indeed. Those texts go to both of our phones, and we do respond to quite a few people either here on the podcast or even we dip into those texts and respond to them as well. Mm. Folks are sending pictures of what they've decluttered recently. Mm. They're sending emojis. Yeah. Pick your favorite emoji. Send it on over, 937-202-4654. Now, during the lightning round, this is where Ryan and I do our best to answer questions with a short 
shareable, less than 140 character response. We put the text to these minimal maxims in the show notes so you can copy and share our pithy answers on social media if you'd like. And now you can find all of our minimal maxims in one place, minimalmaxims.com. All right. Sebastian's question. He writes in, in the not-so-distant past, we have many different physical artifacts for our media, books, CDs, DVDs. Now we have eliminated that physical clutter with digital subscriptions, Audible, Apple Music, Netflix, apps, but we've swapped one problem for another. We now have a plethora of digital subscriptions to address all of our tastes instead of the physical artifacts. How do we now appropriately curate these multiple digital subscriptions and still satisfy ourselves since each service has programs exclusive to its platform? What a well-written question. It's also the longest lightning round question ever. <laughs> I was going to say, like, that is, they <laughs> maximized every character on Twitter there. <laughs> but it's, it's very well written, and here's what I'll say. I'll give you a pithy answer. We'll expand on it. My pithy answer is this. A, minimal, a minimalist life is a well-curated life. Let me do that again. My pithy answer is a minimalist life is a well-curated life. That's ultimately what we're talking about here today. And we're talking about any of this type of clutter. Obviously, on the, the private podcast this week, Ryan, we'll get more into the sort of mental clutter, the additional physical clutter, hidden clutter, etc. But what we're talking about is curating our life. Think of a museum. The reason it's beautiful isn't because it has nothing in it. Mm. It has the things that are essential, the building itself, and then the things that add value, mm. the art, which changes regularly. And so, but it doesn't have any of the excess stuff. That is what we're talking about when we're talking about clutter. Mm. Now, Sebastian's question specifically has to do with digital clutter. We've talked a bit about that with Lauren's question, but this is a different question. This is, hey, we've replaced CDs, DVDs, books with you know, my Kindle or Netflix or Apple Music or whatever. Mm-hmm. We've swapped one problem for another. I don't know that I agree with that necessarily. That's, uh, it's swapping a boulder for a pebble. Yeah. Pebbles can certainly be annoying, especially they get caught in your shoe, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the physical stuff is a boulder. The digital stuff, especially if we curate that as well, which I think it's a fair point. Like we don't want to sign up for a bunch of different subscriptions yeah. that we never use. Mm-hmm. That's just a waste of money. And if you want to waste money, that's fine. But uh, I, I don't see the reasoning behind that. In fact, on the private podcast this week, Ryan, I'm going to talk to you about, I'm going to give you a list of all the things I just unsubscribed to this past weekend. Mm. And, and because uh, you're going to be asking me some questions about the news and, and stuff. So anyway, there was one last word that stood out to me in Sebastian's question. In that last sentence, he said, how do we appropriately curate these multiple digital subscriptions and still satisfy ourselves since each service has programs exclusive to its platform? Well-written question. And, and what I'll say is... Most of the things that we think are satisfying are not nourishing, mm. right? Yeah. And, and so am I being nourished by this? Is it actually increasing my well-being or is it only bringing me pleasure? Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. Um, a piece of me wants to say if you're looking towards these things for satisfaction, uh, you will never be satisfied. So, I mean, 
just reiterating how, yeah, nourishment and satisfaction are not the same. Mm. Um, my pithy answer is this, Sebastian. Stop searching for answers and start taking action. And, uh, I mean, you could even make that pithier and just say that truth leads to action. But here's the thing is Sebastian is searching for an answer. How, how do I do this? What's the appropriate amount? Mm-hmm. How, there's obviously some discontent that's happening right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sebastian, you don't need a how-to in order to start taking action. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that applies to a lot of things where sometimes we, we search for answers and we use that as an excuse to not take action. And if you understand the why deep enough, then the how-to tends to take care of itself. You, you, and the reason that happens is you're going to know, like, oh, crap, I look at my bank statement, and I have 13 different subscriptions to the New York Times and to Hulu and to Showtime and, 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 and all of these different platforms. Some of them might be adding value to your life. Mm-hmm. You're going to know that. Mm. If you can be candid with yourself you're going to have that gut feeling. And so that's why there isn't, as Ryan says, a how-to of, well, yes, here are the seven services you everyone should have, and mm. then that's it. You're a minimalist. Mm. Because that could be extreme overkill for someone. Yeah. And for someone else, that might not be enough. And so identifying what is enough will help you identify what is clutter. Ooh, tweet that podcast, Sean. Boom. Ryan, we got some listener comments in our added value segment in a moment. But we also have some surprise questions this week, like what are the biggest examples of hidden clutter in your household? Mm. We're going to hear some examples from our listeners. We've got a bunch of different examples. We'll get to as many of those as we can. Plus, we're going to do something a little bit different this week. Ryan is going to interview me. Mm Mm-hmm about how and why I stopped watching the news, cold turkey, and what it has done to my life. Well, it's interesting because I stopped looking at the news back in October, right? and then I picked it back up, and now I can't set it down. Like, Well, I shouldn't say I can't. It's, it's more difficult for me to set it down now than what it was in October right. when I set it down. And so it's going to be a broader conversation than just the news. It'll start with the news media, but then I think it'll go into really this. Uh, he has 11 questions for me, what I would call a... Uh, intentional consumption now a lot of it has to do with the news media or the where we put our attention Mm. the intention behind our attention right Mm. Uh, and and so figuring out the intentions behind what we're doing so we can remove some of these attachments and so ryan for the first time ever is going to interview me And if you want to hear that, you can listen to this week's private podcast. Visit theminimalists.com slash support to subscribe to the Minimalist Private Podcast. You'll get a personal link so that podcast plays in your favorite podcast app. It's cheaper than a cup of coffee, and it keeps our show 100% advertisement-free. Private podcast subscribers also gain access to hundreds of hours of our private archives. And they also gain access to our love. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's two bucks. <laughs> it's only $2 for our love. No, we love all of you no matter what. Ryan, what else you got for us this week? I have some voicemail comments and insights from our listeners. Check them out. Hi, my name is Kelly. I've actually been binge listening to some of your episodes on my long commute to work and had a couple of low-cost solutions uh, based on your episodes on school and food. Uh, So for people who are considering going to college or graduate school and aren't sure if it's right for them, 
there is actually an online company called Coursera. They offer um, courses, and for some of them, you can actually earn a certification. Uh, they offer online courses that are offered um, by universities and taught by uh, university professors in all different kinds of topics. Right now, I'm actually taking the content management course through Northwestern University, and the subscription to do this is uh, $50 a month. So you can take the courses at your own pace, finish at your own pace, and at the end, if you decide to finish, you get a certificate. Um, if you don't decide to finish, you can unsubscribe. So it's a low-cost way to kind of dabble in higher education if you're trying to figure out if school is something that you're interested in. And since they offer classes on all kinds of topics, you can also dabble in um, different areas or majors to see where your interest may lie. In regards to the food episode, I know there are some people express concerns about wanting to eat organic, uh, but the cost was uh, a deterrent for them. There is actually a new company called Imperfect Produce. And what they do is they offer um, organic and or non-organic options for um, delivery, actually. They take the produce that otherwise would have been sent to a landfill or not um, bought by grocery stores just because the produce might be a little large, it might be a little small, it might not look what we call perfect. Um, and those are often the uh, groceries that are overlooked at the grocery store. Um, so what they do is they take that produce and they actually sell it. You can customize your box online and decide what you want, whether it's every week or every other week, and the box actually shows up at your door. It's uh, a company that's growing, so they don't offer for all cities, but they're slowly expanding. It's very inexpensive, and you get organic produce um, delivered straight to you for a cost that would be much lower than buying it at, say, Whole Foods or a, a grocery store that has expensive items. Hi guys, uh, my name is Maria. I'm from Moscow, Russia. Uh, I have a bipolar disorder and most of the time I don't have a lot of energy so stuff uh, kind of piles up. Um, whenever I do have it, I start decluttering and I don't just get rid of things I don't need or like or haven't used in a while. I also ask myself, does this thing makes me feel better about myself or worse? For example, I'm good at cooking, and since I have to eat, uh, I cook once a week or so, but mostly I live on takeouts and orderings. Um, and even though I always order healthy food and have a pretty good eating habits, I still feel guilty about not having home-cooked meals. I never wanted to cook in the first place, but having all those cooking stuff and not using it puts stress on me. It's a uh, three times a day struggle. So last month I said to myself, okay, I don't want to worry about that anymore. It makes me like myself less. So I got rid of most of my kitchenware and kept only a few things essential to making eggs and coffee. I um, instantly felt better without all those pans and pots staring at me every time I enter my kitchen. Um, I don't have that stress anymore. 
And while I don't recommend that particular kind of cleanup, I will definitely say to anyone with bipolar or depression that having only things that you like to use or just look at will make you feel so much better. I know that most of us think one day uh, I'll get better and I finish that book or DIY project, but sometimes not doing that is what makes you closer to getting better. So throw it out, find it in your home. You don't want stuff dragging you down. All right, y'all, for our added value this week, we're going to play out, out at the end of this episode with Toby Nwigwi's song eat it's the opening track from his new album cinco originals and ryan i sent you this album and i've been i've been wearing it out man my tape's almost busted <laughs> you remember when you used to be able to wear out a cassette tape <laughs> oh man i still can watch me <laughs> all right uh, real quick for right here right now here's one thing that's going on in the life of the minimalists it's uh end of january as we're recording this and, and publishing this it means you have a few days left to pre-order our book love people use things and get that pre-order bundle it comes with some wallpapers for your smartphone and your computer also a sticker for your uh, the, your computer you can hide that logo on your computer with a mm -hmm. love people use things sticker mm -hmm. and uh, bumper sticker as well love people use things bookmark you could take that message with you wherever you go also the audiobook is now available for pre-order and yes we know that half of you are overseas. Thank you for listening. Love People Use Things is coming to a country near you. Stay tuned for details. If you're on our email newsletter, you'll be the first to hear about any foreign releases. But I know we have it coming out in a, at least a, a dozen languages at this point, probably more than yeah. that. Mm -hmm. LovePeopleUseThings.net if you want to pre-order the book. Oh, by the way, if you don't want all the pre-order bundle stuff, that's fine too. You just don't have to submit for it and then you won't get it right i right. get some people are like i don't want a bookmark i don't want a bumper sticker like right. i know milburn doesn't have a bumper sticker on his car i don't <laughs> i don't but i put bumper stickers all over ryan's car when he's not paying attention <laughs> <laughs> that's how i love people use things.net you can see the beautiful new trailer that jordan filmed for the book as well love people use things.net you Remember can the bumper sticker we put on your mom's car? Yes, we can talk about that only on the private podcast. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Let's just say her priest found it. Uh, yes. <laughs> Remind me, we'll talk about that this week. All right. Follow The Minimalist on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at The Minimalist. Come to one of our live podcast shows. Visit theminimalists.com slash tour to find a city near you. If you have a question, comment, or minimalism tip for our podcast, email a voice memo to podcast at theminimalists.com. You can comment on this episode, youtube.com slash theminimalists. And if you want our show notes in your inbox, sign up for our email list over at theminimalists.com. We'll never send you spam or junk or advertisements, but we will send you our simple Sunday emails each week in addition to those podcast notes. And if you leave here today with just one message, we hope it's this. Love people and use things because the opposite never works thanks for listening y'all we'll see you next time oh so I wish I wish look I eat beats watch me dining shining I illuminate the room 
words that I'm in, timing. Loki ain't more crucial than alignment. That's why the flow is intertwined with both, and I'm defiling. Every beat I'm on, even though I know it's wrong. To treat rappers like a napkin after I pissed on commodes. Then I wipe us on the toilet, can't decipher if you know. That my life is tied to giving hoodlums life despite the hoes. That their sights are fixed upon to give them pipe out of control. But the plight we're abiding has almost wiped our frontal lobe of our heritage. Rare kids like me who grew up savage, they got embarrassed when they went to their partner crib and seen their mattress had a bed frame. Shout out to those who told me Toby was a pet name. Toby Chuku Dubin Weekwet is my correct name. Praise God for follies of my colleagues that embody everything I overcame, blowing that ganji to suppress pain. Oh, but I was weak though. So on occasion, purple haze would keep me warmer than a peacoat. Debo shouldn't be what you portray when you placebo. But now my flow to cheat code, every bar is worth a kilo. Oh, every bar is worth a kilo. Oh, every bar is worth a kilo. Ooh.